The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. This is not a buy, sell or hold recommendation for any particular security. Welcome to 91's 2024 Investment Views. In this series of conversations, our investment professionals and portfolio managers will explore their views for the year ahead and assess the outlook for their asset classes and regions. Emerging markets, very volatile asset class, um, and as you know, never boring. I'm Jennifer Ford, a portfolio specialist for the Four Factor Investment Team, and I have Archie Hart here with us today to share his outlook on the markets and insights on the opportunity that he is very excited about. Um, Archie, should we start with a quick recap to this year, 2023? Market has been relatively flat. What's going on there? So after a poor 2022, our expectation would be that 2023 would be better, and it has been better, but it's been relatively flatter than we would have expected. And I think if we look at that, clearly we've seen continued geopolitical turmoil. Um, Secondly, we've seen a much tighter and harder monetary cycle than we expected, and I think both have capped the upside for the asset class. And... uh With that as the backdrop, looking ahead um, to the next three to six months with everything that's going on in the Middle East, where do you stand in the near term? So I think I'd be very cautious in the short term, the next few months, and there's three real issues around. First is that the war in Ukraine and the conflict in the Middle East, clearly there's room for... uh, either of those to to widen, and that would be a a concern. Secondly, the geopolitics around China continue. And as we go into an election year in the US in 2024, we're going to hear much more about that. And this is a a very longer-term theme about how China and America settle down into a new status quo, which will take many years to uh, finalise. And I think lastly, the monetary tightening, when you get a monetary tightening this aggressive, and this is really aggressive, this is the tightest monetary policy has been in our lifetimes, typically that ends with a bang, not a whimper. So I do think as we move into next year, the world will be increasingly thinking about a recession, and that's going to be a tough transition for markets, frankly. Mm. Short-term events um, are, are important in helping you think about risks and risks in the portfolio specifically. But of course, you are a long-term investor. And and I, for one, would understand any anyone out there getting impatient, waiting for this EM turnaround. Um, what can we expect from, from this asset class, let, let's say in the next 12 to 36 months? What's your view there? I mean, let's be clear, it's been very tough investing in emerging markets over the last 10 years. It's going to be very tough over the next 10 weeks, I think. But on a one, two-year view, I'm very excited that I think the turnaround, the building blocks for turnaround are beginning to fall into place. And if I explain, I think there's a very high chance of a recession in 2024, but the markets will look ahead and we then thinking about recovery into a recovery from recession, emerging markets is typically a good place to be. Into a monetary loosening, which will happen with that um, recession, that's again a very positive 
tailwind for the asset class. Um, interest rates now have normalized between developed markets and emerging markets to a greater extent. So developed markets have lost their sort of tailwind from having a very low cost of capital on a much more level playing field. I think if we look at China, sentiment on China is extremely negative, whether we're looking politically, economically, or corporately. If we look at it politically, I don't think China's going to roll a very big geopolitical dice anytime soon. Economically, the fix is in. They're focused on stimulus now. Corporately, there's some very good bottom-up stories there. And finally, one of the big things that drives our asset class is the U.S. dollar. If we're looking at rates peaking out in the U.S., that removes a very big tailwind to the U.S. dollar. If we think the dollar's peaked, that is a very positive environment for emerging markets as well. So I think actually after a very long, hard bear market, I think as we look deeper into 2024, we can be much more optimistic about the asset class. Great. Thank you. Uh, Should we just address everyone's biggest bugbear, China, 30% of the benchmark? But you just mentioned that there are lots of great bottom-up opportunities. Um, Can you just share some of your insights there, please? So one of the the great things about China is it's a very diverse and deep market. You'd expect it to be. It's the second largest economy in the world. There are 4,000 listed companies there across a wide range of of different industries, and and those industries have sub-cycles in them as well. There are places we're not uh, particularly attracted by, like the financial sector or the property sector, but there are other places where we see some great growth and turnaround stories. So if we look at the energy transition where China's a leading player, or if we look at consumer premiumization, or we look at travel, I mean, to give you an idea about the travel opportunity, uh, flights from the US to China are at 10% of where they were pre-COVID. So there's a whole travel opportunity there, which we're playing in a number of ways as well. So we see a lot of bottom-up opportunities within that overall difficult Chinese environment. And what about opportunities uh, outside of China? Well, one of the the great things about my asset class is the diversity of it. Um, So for every troubled country or troubled industry, there's normally an industry or country doing very well indeed. And that's very much the case now. So if you look at South America, interest rates have been extremely elevated in South America. To give you an example, 12 and three quarter percent in Brazil, 11 and a quarter percent in Mexico. Inflation there is only four to five percent. Rates are going to come down. That's going to be very positive for those markets. If we look at the Middle East, there's clearly a a capex boom happening there as countries invest the oil windfall into transitioning their economies into a sort of post-oil environment. That's an opportunity-rich environment. Um, If we look at places which are benefiting from supply chains relocating out of China, that's Mexico, that's Thailand, that's Malaysia, that's Indonesia. So countrywide, there's a lot of interesting and diverse themes. If we look industry-wide, technology has been a tough place to be over the last year because we've been working through this inventory glut post-COVID. But with AI, people have to invest in faster, uh, more data, 
in their IT systems to, to run AI. Um, we think there's a great longer-term resource story, the resources we need for the transition. That's tough in the short term, but longer term, we simply need more supply, which means higher prices. Um, if we look at the consumer side, they've been very adept at passing on pricing. And if we look at the potential there for premiumization, we think it's very strong. On the financial side, again, we have companies which are generally much less leveraged than developed markets with a number of great sort of growth opportunities. So we see a diverse and interesting opportunity set, either if we're looking at countries or sectors. You've laid out now both the beta and the alpha arguments for investing in emerging markets. Shall we pull it together and, and perhaps in light of uh, what's been driving market leadership in the last several years with extreme style rotations between growth and value, what can the four-factor approach bring to the table when it comes to investing in the emerging markets? So when people ask me what the people most misunderstand about emerging markets as an asset class, I think what they most misunderstand is the pure cyclicality of it. It's a highly cyclical asset class. And as we know, when we look at cycles, certain things work better at certain parts of the cycle than others. So quality will work very well in a bear market. Value momentum will work much better in a, in a bull market, etc., Given that cyclicality, we think a blended style approach where you have a range of styles gives you that consistency of performance through what is a very cyclical asset class. So I think four factors, just a great solution to a difficult asset class. Thank you very much for your time today, Archie. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views of the podcast are those of contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider.